3: Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans.
1: You know, it's really only been a week and a half. However, it seems like it's been forever because I haven't gotten to talk to my buddies here on Talking Cowboys presented by Geico. Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Standback, Rob Phillips, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We are back after a little bit of a break. It was a three-day weekend, so we had our weekend and MLK Day and honored him and kind of got through the weekend and got back into reality on Tuesday, and now it's Wednesday. It's a Wednesday edition here of Talking Cowboys this offseason. So glad you're with us here on DallasCowboys.com. And guys, uh, it's like I said about how it feels like it's been forever, it's not only because I missed you guys, but it's also because storylines have come out like crazy ever since we last recorded. Last time we recorded, we didn't even know for sure who our defensive coordinator was going to be. And now it is, of course, Dan Quinn. He has been hired as the defensive coordinator. We've got coaches interviewing with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I said coaches, multiple coaches, have interviewed with the Philadelphia Eagles. And we've got a ton of NFL. I mean, Drew Brees may not even be playing football. We know Phillip Rivers not playing football anymore since the last time we ch- ch- chatted. But, Rob, I mean, there's a ton of
3: storylines to go through. But which one sticks out to you the most? Well, my favorite storyline is we had all this time off. You squeeze in a vacation while all of us are working.
2: Hey, yeah. did, hey, Rob, yeah. did you get an invite? Did you get an invite, Rob? I did not. Did you, mm-hmm. Isaiah? Heck, no. I, heck, did you? I definitely I, didn't. I wasn't in on that one. No. I'll give him this. He
3: kept working. He did the draft show, but he also, but he also had a subtle flex. You know, he Yes! yes. Kyle, did you call ahead and say, can I get a room with a mountain view <laughs> so I can so I can show that off on the draft show?
1: No, we it was funny though because we walked right into that. It was a little casita. I mean it was just like a it was basically a clay building with clay floors and like the the New Mexico tapestry all the way throughout it. And I walked in and I saw the really big window that faced toward the mountains. I was like, yeah, that's gonna have to be my backdrop at some point. Uh, like, Fellas, fella, fella, did you
2: guys hear that twinge? I heard that twinge of uh, Jalen Smith. He said wee-wee. Was there a yeah. wee-wee? <laughs> <or whatever>? Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, and it, a, it, was
4: a, it was a clay building. No, bro. It was the Four Seasons. Don't lie to
1: us. <laughs> it was not no. the Four Seasons. I'll guarantee you that one. Uh, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a ton of fun. But yeah, I, I did. I missed you guys there. And I was thinking about Heckma the whole time I was on the mountain skiing. Aww. I was like, man, Aww. I miss Heckma Harry. Harrison the whole time, my boat. boy. While
4: you're on the mountain skiing, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I can just imagine Heckma trying to ski. I just want to. I want that visual more than anything. No, no, like, you don't. I feel uh, like Rob and
2: Isaiah could get it done, but uh, I don't know. no that way I would can do it. I'm not messing with nature like that. Sorry. Mm, <laughs> nope. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, Rob, other storylines
3: other than my
2: <laughs> impromptu vacation.
3: I'm sorry to throw us off. I had to squeeze that in. Oh, no, it was. <laughs> good. It was good. <laughs> uh, well, it's got. We got to start with Dan Quinn, right? Uh, we we strongly hinted at that last week, and it turned out that 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 it ultimately was the hire for defensive coordinator. And you know, I, I think based on the situation they're in right now I think it makes sense on a couple fronts you know they want to go back to a scheme that they've got more familiarity with and and you know it's a bit of a 180 because they talked last year about how they wanted a different scheme and they wanted to be more multiple well I think there could be some multiplicity within this scheme but I think it is largely a 4-3 scheme that that players have played in and been familiar with and uh We'll see what happens this offseason with the off season program. There's been, there were rumblings from NFL Network yesterday that this might be another virtual off season program. If that's the mm-hmm. case, I think it makes sense to have a veteran hire at that position. Now, you know, I was saying you know, Marvin Lewis would have been another candidate on my list anyway, along with Dan Quinn. A veteran hire that knows how to get his system really across has been... Uh, in this position for a few years. And, and so I, I think it makes sense for what the Cowboys need to do, and that's that's a quick fix along with upgrading their personnel.
2: Heckman
4: Well, I mean, look, we talked about it at length and, and about Dan Quinn, and obviously now he's our defensive coordinator. Um, I'm interested to see how all of this goes back to the scheme that we were playing playing two years ago um personnel wise we've made some changes we've gone into the draft and we've drafted guys that were three four guys and not four three guys you know there's so much that's going to go into it but there are a lot of players that we well a lot of players there are a few players that we have right now that are going to directly benefit from the hire of dan quinn and one being tank lawrence just going back to who Mm -hmm. he was i thought that it was a mistake uh to have him in a bicycle position and and all of that I think it just changed his game and you saw him slowly coming into himself uh as the season progressed you know switching sides and doing different things uh that they had him doing within the defense but again it to me there's so many things in to, to unpack with this Dan Quinn hiring going back to a system that other guys would let go of uh but again he's he's our he's our defensive coordinator uh, we're going to play uh, that four-three the cover three scheme that he's so uh, famous for in Seattle, and hopefully, again, guys, we have the personnel fit
2: uh, to get that done. Well, y'all know, y'all know I'm excited about it. Uh, coach yeah. Quinn, uh, he's, he's a good dude. I know him. He's um, he's awesome. I don't know him, I know him, but uh, I've had him as a coach, and he was he's he's a good dude. He's a good dude, and I, I love his energy. Uh, I love the fact that he establishes a culture. He establishes a culture of, of, of energetic, young, hungry, determined players um, that play as a team. And and I and I like that. That's one thing I like about him. That's one thing that's consistent about him. I know we can go back to Atlanta and talk about, you know, the success or lack thereof. Uh, uh, but you know, but the, uh, the reality is they had success. They just, they just didn't finish things, <laughs> um, yeah. and that's something that, that's something that's something they got to figure out. But look where he took Atlanta from, right? He took Atlanta and gave them an opportunity to win the dog on Super Bowl. So, um, not there's not too many coaches that, that they can say that. Um, I, I, but I'm excited about him. I'm excited about the guys that we had that were inefficient this year on our current roster. I, I'm, I'm excited about their potential future. Guys like Jalen Smith, the guy that I freaking was hard on this year. I think he flourishes in a Dan Quinn system. You know, I think Vander Esch flourishes in a Dan Quinn system. You start thinking about guys that that Quinn's had an opportunity to work with and the development that they've had. Um, Guys like to play for him. So I'm also excited about some of the free agents that are going to want to come here and play as well. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me ask this. So are you saying that uh, Jalen can
4: mimic KJ Wright? Don't if don't that do that. You, don't, do that. don't do that! Don't do that! <laughs> don't, ah, do that. don't do that! Don't do that! Don't do that!
2: But what I am going to say is, what yeah. I am going to say is, they will. They have a, they have an opportunity. Now, I don't want to start throwing a bunch of rumors and stuff out there, right? Because I don't have a, that kind of information. He's a free but agent. if I'm the exactly if I'm the GM, if I'm the GM, right? Which I'm not. Uh, but I would take a close look at. I would take a close look at Jalen Smith's contract. I would take a close look at Jalen Smith's contract because if you know Van der Esch is going to be your middle linebacker. KJ Wright is a free agent. KJ Wright is familiar um, with the with the system that Dan Quinn's going to run. KJ Wright is not going to get the money that he wants out of Seattle. He's not. Um, you know, it's really going to come down: to, Does he want to stay there and be loyal and playing with his playing with his dog uh, Bobby? But he's he's earned the right to make some money. So if you can move some money around and get a guy who's proven and who understands the system that you're trying to get across, who's a proven leader in this league, then, you know, obviously there, there's options there. So I think that there's going to be, I say all that to say, there's going to be a, a good amount of guys who want to come play here in Dallas, not only because of the Dallas Cowboys, but also because of who's now in charge of them on the defense.
1: I like that. I, I think there is an added element to hiring a guy with the name of Dan Quinn and with the the resume of Dan Quinn. If you went out and hired a, maybe a younger defensive coordinator or somebody who hadn't been in that position prior, you might not have that kind of pedigree yeah. where you can say, I want to go get this guy because he's played for me and he's done this, 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 and I know he can do this still. And, and I know last week, Hekma, you were you were pretty down on a guy like Dan Quinn. You were not you were not in favor of having Dan Quinn come in. You wanted you wanted the new. You wanted that. And I completely understand where you're coming from. And I, I, I have my skepticism uh, uh, about Dan Quinn, and I still do. But ultimately, how does his scheme and how does his resume line up to allow you to be better instantly on defense? Because I feel like that's what this hire does.
4: You know, I, I don't – look, I'm very skeptical uh, about it. I mean, because we had a defense that gave up historic numbers, right? And so we, you have to ask ourselves, with all the built-in excuses of COVID-19, had Dan Quinn been hired – are fired in 2019 and hired in 2020 by Mike McCarthy, would he have suffered the same fate as Mike Nolan, even with the familiarity with the old system? I know that people completely take this antiquated way of coaching, hiring coaches and uh, going back and comparing players, but there's no way that you're going to sell me on the fact that Donovan Wilson is a Cam Chancellor equivalent. And if you can convince me that, you could poss- possibly sell me oceanfront property in nebraska uh because i just i don't see it you know I, i just don't and i and i think that you know um The one hard sell for me on this is that Mike McCarthy sold the Jones family on this new Dallas Cowboys of 2020, and now we're going back to the 2019 defense. And I I just, you know, I have problems with that, but I want Mm. to give it time uh, to work. Dan Quinn is, all of his accomplishments, his resume, everything that's out there on him is proven, right? Uh, But there's also another side to this where you see his defense or his team, again, Atlanta giving up big leads in big time and big games. Uh, there are other things uh, as well, but again, for this defense, the, <laughs> the, what Michael Jordan said: the, ce- "The ceiling is the roof. You know, the sky is the limit. Right? There's no, there's nowhere to go but up for this defense. So, I mean, as a Cowboy fan, obviously, all of us are just you know excited
1: about you know the possibility of having something better. Well, and you you said we're going back to that 2019 defense, and I, I feel like I I have to. Throw this in there. This isn't exactly that 2019 def- defense. This isn't Rod Marinelli. I think it's a good in between, Rob. Right. Whenever you look at the scheme, I mean, there's going to be some multiple from uh, a Dan Quinn. It's just not going to be what Mike Nolan brought to the table. It's not going to be quite that hybrid, that 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 nickel front that you're going to see from a, a Mike Nolan more so than what you saw from Rod Marinelli.
3: Yeah, I'm 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 fascinated to see how it takes shape because. It is his history is largely 4 3, cover 3, you know, single high safety defense. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that here, obviously, with Chris Richard being a former uh, Seattle assistant too when he was here. <laughs> right. they, they, yep. So there's, there's variations of it, but to your point, um, he's worked in places where he, he was a D line coach with the Jets when they ran a 3 4. He worked for Nick Saban when they were a multiple defense in Miami. Yes. Uh, they yep. were a 3 4 hybrid scheme at Florida when he was there, D.C., for a couple years before he went to Seattle and they won Super Bowl. So he's been in different schemes. And I think in today's NFL, you have to be different. You can't play uh, just so plain and, and say, hey, we're going to beat you because we're so talented. And that kind of goes back to Heckma's point. It does come down to players. And, mm-hmm. and so I think what they're trying to do is, you know, it, it's another un- uncertain offseason. I mentioned, you know, we'll see how virtual it is. Bring in some familiarity get the communication right get everybody on the same page that was such a problem last year beyond uh, the talent level you know just just being assignment sound and maybe with a familiar scheme they can do that but I think it's going to be a couple years before they probably get the personnel where, where they want it to be they just need to be okay on defense and hope your offense is healthy and, and really really good and then that, that's how you win games next year that's how I see it anyway.
2: Isaiah? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you on that, but you know, again, well, we obviously have to see what the salary cap situation is going to be. Yeah. Um, and I think that they have to, they have a lot of um, self analysis, um, a lot of a lot of looking on the interior this year to figure out exactly who they want to retain. I think I think that you have to figure that up. And you have to figure out what type of hits those those potential moves are going to have on your cap. Um, and you know, you go out there and you acquire some guys like you said, Rob, that are familiar with the system. Uh, I hear I hear and I understand and I and I don't disagree with you, Heck, on, on some of those formats. However, um, I I know on the inside that the, the the culture aspect and that that's so important. It's so important. And regardless if you regardless if you're in person, regardless if you're virtual, it's contagious. Uh, the type that what, what he what he does, what he brings is contagious. And I think that you you can tell that um, it was this this year was a great uh a great example of the lack of energy, the lack of continuity um, that this that this defense particularly this defense had. Um and then I think you can look at some of the other defenses that Coach Quinn has coached in the past and you can at least see, even if the players aren't exceptional, right? Look at the energy. Look at the energy difference of of his players, man. And I think that's something that that's that that's we can we can really grasp onto.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, I, I get it. And, and Isaiah, he's your guy, and you have that, you, you have familiarity, you know him, right? Um, just for, for me, when, just especially looking at this roster, roster and uh, the depth that we had at certain positions, it wouldn't have mattered, man, if he came in last year and tried to implement this or had the same system, uh, that the communication was the same. You just had guys that could, can't play. Uh, Guys that can't cover. If you're talking about a cover four scheme, that yet you even alluded to Isaiah, that's one of the easiest schemes to master. We couldn't do that, right? Let's communicate. Let's talk. Let's yeah. stop anything from having the Antonio Gibson uh, HOV to the end zone. It, those, we were just getting gashed in the running game. We were getting guys that were getting put on their, their nameplate. And there was, I don't care about what kind of energy you have as a coach. If you have guys that can't play, that can't get it done, linebackers that can't share, get to the ball, those things are going to rear their head again. And so, regardless of him having energy or what have you, you still are in a position where you're going to have to have guys that can play the way that you want to. Dan Quinn has a one-gap scheme. Guys are going to have the opportunity to blow and go. But you have guys up front right now that have played in a different scheme that they're going to have to get used to to playing in his.
2: I, I agree on half of what you said. Cool. I agree on half of what you said. And the reason why I agree, either you have players or you don't have players. I, that I agree on. However, but, but your statement also uh, is indicative of saying that somebody's coaching style um, is un they're they're unable to get across the same information in a different form depending on their coaching style, and I and I disagree with you in that regard because I think Coach Quinn and other great coaches, other coaches that you may be you know touted as great or or really good, they. Are able to get across information in a different way that's that's digestible by by those players, right? So I can receive information from you differently than I can receive information from Rob or even Kyle, right? You guys can try to get across the same message, but I can by by you teaching it to me, I receive it, and all of a sudden, oh, now I understand it, and I can go out and apply it, right? Yeah. The way in which you teach me to communicate, right? All communication is not the same. Right. You teach me to communicate a certain way. Now, all of a sudden, we we have no different in baseball. Right. You got all these doggone signals and everything else. Right. When I was in when I was in New England, we had so many doggone hand signals. We didn't talk on the field. There was no talking. It was a it was a it was a it was, a eye, it was a eye wink. it was a head nod. It was a uh, one of these. It was a all kinds of different stuff. It was a Celtic. It was all kinds of stuff It's different. Right. Same players. Yeah. But you convey the message differently, and guess what? Now you get different results on the field. So I agree with you that you need the players, but I disagree with you by saying that we don't have the players that could do it if we have the proper teacher in place.
3: The one thing I would add to that okay. is you know, guys talked about in December when they started playing better defensively. Guys would say, look, we're, we kind of finally understand what we're supposed to do. I, I don't, heck, I don't think under a Dan Quinn scheme that would have been kind of a continuation of the Rod Chris scheme to a certain extent. I mm-hmm. don't know if, if if guys would have been talking like that that yeah. deep into yeah. the season. But I agree with you, too. Like Isaiah said, I agree with you that there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of guys with expiring deals, and and they've got some spots they got to look at. And I don't think you can do it all in one off season. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it takes shape.
1: <clears throat> well, and I also kind of want to look at some of the guys who are going to be back here that – are going to benefit i mean heck when you mentioned it in your opening statement about demarcus lawrence i think that's a guy who certainly will benefit from having dan quinn rather than maybe going out of a two-point stance and having to play with mike nolan's scheme of defense but then you look at guys like uh, a jalen smith like isaiah said earlier could jalen smith be better he might be worse in this system the the defensive tackles there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to to create pressure up front and that's something that we saw from Mike Nolan's defense. It allowed them to, to really kind of take the forefront, and they didn't do so very well. They also weren't necessarily healthy for throughout most of the, much of the season as well. But, heck, well, if you look at these players and you look at some of these individual Jimmys and Joes to go along with the X's and O's, is there anybody that sticks out that you can look at and say they are definitely going to be better in this system as opposed to maybe last year? Yeah, well, I—I mean, guys like uh, Anthony Brown, right? I think
4: Anthony Brown will be able. He's is going to be for a guy with his athletic skill set to pick up, you know, cover three is pretty simple. It's a third of the field from the numbers uh, to the boundary. Um, You know, I think um, you know our, our digs. Is going to benefit Grace. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs is going to benefit greatly uh, as well in the cover three system. I mean, I think he could do it all. He's one of the one guys that you have that can do pretty much anything, uh, but he's going to have to get better as well. Uh, Linebacker wise, I mean, Leighton Van Der Esch now, he's just going to be gap responsible. And I think taking a lot of the other reading part out of it will simplify. And these are words that we're going to start using in the offseason that it's going to be a simplified defense where guys are not going to have to think and read and react all at the same time. So maybe that's the maybe that's the case. I think going back two years from 2019, especially for Jalen Smith, you start seeing offensive linemen get to him at the second level and he not be uh, effective. But Mike Nolan came in and the whole thing Premise was that we're going to put Jalen Smith in a position to to be a be a player, right? He'll be able to run free and not have guys on him. But <laughs> with Donte Poe in his face, there's nothing he could do. He, he still <laughs> was still marginalized as a player, and so now we bring in a coach that is going to make him better but I still feel like you still have some of the same woes with Jalen Smith in coverage versus uh, tight ends sure. that's just that's just not his game it doesn't exist there so he, him Randy Gregory I think he'll benefit greatly uh, in this system so there are a few guys that I just but, but for the most part uh, Dan Quinn is going to have to get his guys in we know that he likes a certain style of player and I'm sure Isaiah knows this with the more taller rangier secondary guys but you know, it's it's going to be a few changes, uh, wholesale changes on our defense.
2: Isaiah. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's going to be there's going to be change. Yeah, agree
4: with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: we, 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 we've been agreeing today. Uh, no, there's going to be change. I mean, but you know, the, the moral of the story is, you know, you got a new D coordinator. You know, you got to look at your your personnel not only in your players but also in your coaches. Your assistant coaches. Do you have the right guys in place? Um, are there going to be any changes there? Um, and then, obviously, you got turn to the draft. You know, you got turn yeah. to the draft and, and say, "Hey, what the heck are we going to do there? Um, do we, you know, what position do we have the greatest need of? Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot. There's a lot of things that have to happen. But you know, overall, I'm I'm pretty excited about about this guy. I, obviously, I know him a lot more than I know of some of the other candidates out there. But uh, I think I think that he he bows well for this this cultureless team right now.
1: One of the biggest worries that I have about his scheme and Jalen Smith is exactly what Heckman said earlier: is covering tight ends and get going back in the coverage. Because if you look at a cover three scheme, the where's the weakness? It's on the hash marks. It's yeah. right up the hash marks. Yeah, and but K- when, when, see those when
2: KJ when KJ came in, KJ couldn't cover couldn't cover with a blanket. I will just tell you, he could he couldn't put a blanket on a baby. Well, neither can Jalen. <laughs> So no, for sure, for sure. There. Yeah, for sure. But you know, but he's able to get better, though. He can get better. He can be coached. Yeah. He can be coached. Oh. Right. In, his, in his current state, I agree. Trust me, y'all know I agree. <laughs> However, yeah. well, when you have athletic ability, which I don't think anybody discounts that Jalen does. Right? We realize that he's not a as agile guy as we thought he was. Change of direction. Change of direction. Or oh, right. exactly. Okay. Um, but I know that the strength and conditioning coach, right, uh who's now in place. Um, I know he focuses on that a lot because I had him in New England, so that will be that will be better than it was. Um, <laughs> you know, hopefully they're in person for training, but also yep. you know, obviously some better coaching. There's a lot of a lot of tips and tricks that are, that are that are that are passed along from generation to generation in this league, and there's a lot of, a lot of things that he can learn from. So maybe they bring in a veteran guy that can play alongside him. Who knows? We'll see. Hmm. No matter
4: what we do, no matter what we do in the draft or free agency, we have to get guys absolutely. Come off the porch, ready to play. Like yep, yep, this is yep. what you do. There are No more project guys. We got to nope. get it. You, you can't. We cannot miss. Will McClay and staff—they got to have to get this right with guys that can implement, mm-hmm. get in right now and play. And with everything that's happening with the draft and what came down from the letter from the NFL about the combine and all of that, it's going to be a tougher uh, yep. job to you Analyze. know evaluate, look at these guys. But what that's going to force guys to do is go back to the old way of just mm-hmm. you got to you got to put it on film film you cannot you cannot go into the combine lift
1: 225 35 times like Isaiah
4: did and get drafted <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man and, and Heckma alluded to it there was news about the combine there was also news that Philadelphia was going to interview Kellen Moore and John Fossil we're going to take a break when we come back could be a couple couple more coaching changes. How could that affect this current roster? And then also, how will the combine affect the offseason program for the Cowboys as opposed to what it did last year? When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by GEICO.
0: There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why SLR pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor.
2: Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team.
1: Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Go back Kyle. here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. We're just continuing from the break, carrying over. Heckman doesn't know what standby means at all. I'm sorry. i, I mean, he's got mean, you got to learn what standby means anyways. But Red we're back handed. here on Talking Cowboys, and whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more, Essilor. And uh, We'll talk about the Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds, but I feel like this wouldn't be a segment to do that when Heckma just doesn't listen. So mm. I've like got that wow. up here in a little Shots while. Shots we'll fired. We'll get to that one it's in okay. a second. Uh, <laughs> Heckma did allude to it a couple moments ago about the changes to the Combine. And, and Rob, I mean, I know you, you talked about this yesterday in our group chat, but the Combine is not going to be the Combine this year. No meeting at Indianapolis. No in-person workouts or at least... Uh, for uh, a centralized location. All the workouts are going to have to be done virtually or at the different college campuses and then the meetings are all virtual, much like they were for the 30-day visits last year, and then all of the in-person medical examinations are limited. So there's only a couple medical Ooh. examinations in which will be limited. And yeah Isaiah, uh, yeah, Isaiah already knows that that's the most important part of the combine because that's why really you do it, to gather that information on these prospects. But yeah. Rob, how is this specifically going to affect the Cowboys and the way that they go out and look for personnel?
3: I don't know that it affects the Cowboys any different than than anybody else. I, I mm-hmm. There's part of me that feels like the whole draft process, I'm not overrating it, but I, th- I think that we put so much on the combine and being in person at those workouts. And I think it matters. I think, you know, if all of us have had job interviews and I think it it matters to have that in-person element to it. But, you know, they did some of those interviews, uh, some of those top 30 visits virtually because we were starting the pandemic back then in the spring. So Mm -hmm. they have some familiarity with that. I agree with you. I think the medical checks are the biggest thing and that's gonna be restricted, obviously. But I don't know how much the interviews really factored that much. I guess they're not going to be in person to see the workouts, so there's that. But to me, it's not just going forward. It's also the past few months. You know, I think the scouts have been affected on what they've been able to do in terms of getting out on the road and and, and seeing guys. So uh, it's just all 32 teams are dealing with it. And Mm -hmm. I think the Cowboys, at least their stability in the front office with Will McClay and their scouting department, their personnel guys, there's some. They know what they're looking for. And even with Dan Quinn coming in, a defensive coordinator, there's some scheme familiarity like we talked about. They know what they're looking for. I think that benefits them instead of a new front office coming in. So, And there's a few teams that are like that.
1: Yeah, there is familiarity. And even last year, whenever there was kind of the turnover from a coaching staff, it was still a good enough draft to where you felt good about it afterwards. And even after their rookie season, you can say that guys like C.D. Lamb, Tyler Biotish. uh Neville Gallimore, Trayvon Diggs. I mean, those are four guys by themselves that made significant impacts. But, uh, Isaiah, whenever you look at kind of the medical evaluations and the meetings, how much do those play a factor into maybe where you might end up via the draft?
2: Huge (laughs) <laughs> huge the uh the in-person meetings are awesome because you get to sit down face-to-face with the coaches gms um that's awesome right they get they get a true understanding of who you are right. uh, I, I never forget my interview with 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 chucky and how he just sit there and stare me down in a, in a <laughs> quiet room with him and doug williams in there and i blanked out on doug williams name after he asked me if i knew who the first black quarterback was to, to are the you Super serious? Bowl. Oh, i, I no. know i but i was like of course i know who it is i was like
4: <laughs> and i was like
2: i told Chick, i said he's in the room he said yes he is <laughs> so, uh, so that i mean that that interview is uh is is fun but like i said that that can be done virtually the part that sucks for the for the teams the injuries uh obviously i came out the draft with a with uh with that with my liz frank injury um the same year adrian peterson was coming out with the collarbone so i remember spending hours upon hours and me and adrian peterson after everybody's on bus all the way back to the hotel, him and I are sleeping back to back because we're spending five, six hours taking MRIs and x-rays just because they wanted to see every little square inch of our body. They wanted to, to prod on us. They wanted to, to turn, twist and turn and, mm-hmm. and put their hands on you. It's, it's physically excruciating. I remember leaving one of those... Um, one of those um, appointments with all the trainers, and so they set you in a table. You literally sit in a, a training table, and there's all the teams are around you in this big old conference room. And they put you up there. They call your name out, and all the teams who that are interested in you come out there. The doctors come out there, and there's literally like five, six doctors on you. They're all pulling on you, testing out whatever injuries you may have. They have every track record from your college. Every time you got a. Mm-hmm. IV every time you got an aspirin, they have all that information, God. and and and, and, they're, and they're checking you out just because you are an investment to them. So the yeah. fact that they can't do that this year is huge because that gives them. Um, the, the understanding and the, and the confidence that you're either going to be okay coming off of an injury that that's may have bothered you and been lingering over the past years, or um, or you're just in perfect health. So I think that's, that's going to hurt some teams, um, but also it's going to benefit some players because now guys get some opportunities that they probably wouldn't have got had they had their hands on them. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you feel like maybe with the the current situation of this, the the connections that are made by this front office are ultimately going to pay dividends? Because if they're not going to have these in-person medical exams, you're going to have to have connections, right? You're going to have to have that networking and and the the friendships outside of your own organization and to these schools. We've known in the past that Will McClay and his entire staff really leans toward these bigger schools like the Alabama's and the Ohio states for some of their players. Maybe those connections are going to pay dividends for them.
4: Heckma. Yeah, I mean, the the coaching fraternity is a very big fraternity and these, mm-hmm. these scouts they talk amongst each other all the time so they're not going to miss on, on guys at all. I think the one thing that that what like Isaiah was saying and I think that Indianapolis has is the the hospital right there yeah. that has state-of-the-art equipment um, mm-hmm. and maybe that's one of those things that's going to be missing but I really think that guys are going to earn their keep this year. You're going to find out the good scouting departments from the bad ones by the guys just not being able to go and pick out cherry pick the players that are putting up those numbers and so look i think it, when i think about the star there's a there's a part of the star where they show gil Brandt's notes on players i mean these are handwritten notes and so it's been done before you know mm-hmm. where guys had had all the technology and the laser timing and all of that uh so I look, I look for the the ones that are, are true to it to actually earn the keep, and it's going to be a lot of made of evaluation, looking at at tape. And how about the guys that are that opted out that you have to go back two years yeah. to look at their tape? So there's a lot of things to be considered, and you know how much weight is it going to be on playing this year versus last year, but also. Just making sure that all of your notes and communicating on guys and the one thing that this front office and coaching staff and scouting department, they're connected in that way. Well, these guys are meeting with each other and finding out the type of players that they want to bring in. So we talk about culture. Who are those guys? And I believe that uh, that's the part that we really uh, should lean heavily on because we're building that culture. And Coach Mike McCarthy knows the kind of guys that he wants here.
1: I like that. I think that's that's a ton of the worries. I think that's a ton of what we need to look at for the Cowboys. And also, like we kind of talked about in the first segment, continuity is going to play a big factor in yes. the way that you're going to be successful here. But are we speaking too soon in terms of what that continuity may be? And I say that because we've had a couple coaches this past week that have been rumored to have done interviews with the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll start with Kellen Moore here, Rob. I mean, what have you heard latest on Kellen Moore? I heard that he, he took the interview, but uh, ultimately it was for the head coaching position. What else have you heard about our offensive coordinator who uh, a couple weeks ago we thought might have gone to the college ranks. Now he's getting a head coaching interview at the, the same division.
3: Kellen Moore is hot. He's sizzling yeah. right now, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah, Boise State now. Now Philly. Who have not They interviewed at this point. Uh, I think Isaiah
1: got an interview for their defensive coordinator job.
3: <laughs> Just saying. I mean. Just saying. Uh, yeah. No, it's a, it's a wide net as we've seen <laughs> online. They've they've been linked to over a dozen <laughs> names probably. Haven't heard anything other than the fact that yes, he was uh, scheduled to interview yesterday for their opening and it it honestly it makes sense it makes sense given not not knowing what you know not having ties to Philly's organization it makes sense on the outside of okay if you've got to fix Carson Wentz given the financial commitment you made to him even if you're even if you're not going to commit to Carson Wentz you've got Jalen Hurts who's a young quarterback with a lot of talent Um, bringing in a top offensive mind a young offensive mind which Doug Peterson has been that as well makes a lot of sense and and Kellen Moore's not the only offensive guy that's been linked to the job but i would see why they would want to at least pick his brain and and see where he's at um i don't know if that's ultimately the direction they're going to go i'd kind of you know i i I, he there are other names that have been linked stronger to that job but Mm -hmm. it's a it's a pattern in their interview process that makes a lot of sense
1: The other name is John Fossil. I don't know if he's actually taken the interview yet or even been offered an interview, but the report was from NBC Sports, and they said interested in interviewing Cowboys special teams coordinator John Fossil. Uh, Isaiah, I know we actually kind of grew to to really enjoy John Fossil throughout the latter parts of the season. At the beginning, it was definitely wishy-washy, but the the job that he did this year, I think, couldn't be understated.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like the fact he came in aggressive, and, you know, he, he is who he is. And, I, I again, I'm an energy guy, so he, he brought that energy. I think that, you know, as a special teams coordinator, your your job is to really push the envelope to make sure that you have the personnel, make sure that you guys understand the schemes, and then, obviously, push your coach to take risks. And I think he did that. Um, I just don't think that he expected the coach to say yes to as many things as <laughs> he pushed on. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I, I mean, what you what you asked of a special teams coordinator, I think he did. I th- I really think he came in and did a good job. I just I just think that uh you know coach coach McCarthy definitely should have should have pushed punch, punched the brakes a couple of times on him. But the yeah. fact that I mean it's kind of interesting that he's being asked to he's being asked to go somewhere else. That's that's kind of that's kind of odd odd uh, to me. Mm-hmm. Really really odd. But I don't Heck know one, who knows.
1: Which one would be a bigger loss for the Cowboys, Kellen Moore <laughs> or John Fossil? Kellen Moore. Yeah, you think so? Okay. Yeah, Chip. Kellen, Kellen Moore. Moore. Yeah, but you know,
4: uh, Kyle, I just want to say nothing surprises me about the the Eagles and them <laughs> wanting to bring Kellen Moore, in. they're spying on us, dog. You think so? You think so? what they're doing. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, when you look around the NFL at the guys that have been hired, you see a league that is go, going younger. You, you mm-hmm. see, they they everybody's trying to find that new boy genius, the McVay, the uh, Shanahan's of the world, and and they know that that's. You know that's where the league is going. They're getting rid of a lot of that old blood in the coaching coaching ranks. But you know it wouldn't surprise me if in the next couple of years that Kellen Moore landed himself a a head coaching job based off of the numbers that he's putting up uh, here. But when you talk about Bones Fossil, uh, also a great coach, uh, Harbaugh in, in Baltimore started off as a special teams coach. So there's history there of coaches, special teams coaches being hired as head coaching as head coaches in this league. So. You know, look, for the Cowboys right now, you, you say you talk about losing Kellen Moore and also, you know, the Dak uh, perspective. You know, that would be huge for us to find that replacement who can bring in the same verbiage that I think uh, kept that familiarity in the offensive scheme uh,
3: intact this year with Kellen Moore. So it's interesting. Yeah. And, you know, I think Kellen has critics. I think everybody wants – everybody sits on their couch and says I would have called this play you know that that's a that's part of being a fan you know and so he has his critics but I think a lot of it Hex right like he's a young coach I think he's on the uprise he's going to get better kind of like we talked about Dak you know Negotiations with Dak started a year and a half ago, whatever, and you know you're you're going to be paying Dak for what you think he can develop into, and I think that's what, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same deal with Kellen as a play caller, and eventually he, yeah, I agree, I think he's going to be a head coach. Don't forget Sean Payton, before he came to the Cowboys in 03, he was with the Giants and he had his play calling duty stripped with the Giants, you know, and so as a as a very young coach, and I think he's probably, I think he's going to head to the Hall of Fame one day. So, yeah, uh, you know, coach coaches can get better too. And I think I think Kellen will.
2: Got got two things for you, Kyle. I, I think we have a new D line coach. I think that just saw that come across. Uh, yes. But uh, but also does I know we posed this question whenever it came up about Boise State. Does Kellen Moore leave? Can you turn down? You can turn down a college job, but can you turn down the head coaching job for Philly? No. No.
1: There's no. A, there's only thirty two of those jobs. You got to do what you got to uh-huh. do, right?
2: Yep. I agree. I was just making sure y'all weren't going oh, that, crazy. I mean,
3: I mean, you could. <laughs> You, you could jason garrett i, I the rumors that jason garrett had an opportunity in baltimore and and when he was the oc here and 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 waited and stayed so but yeah i agree it's it's hard to turn down a very rare opportunity
2: yeah you just don't
3: rob tell us about this new defensive line coach his name is aiden durd i i, I hope i'm pronouncing his last name right he is fam- we talked about familiarity Second assistant coach to join Dan Quinn on the defensive side of the ball from Atlanta. He's a young coach. Um, he he worked with the linebackers, I believe, in Atlanta. And uh, former he's he's English. He's a former NFL Europe player. So uh, he's he's a young coach taking over that position. Don't forget Dan Quinn. His he is schooled in coaching D line. So I would imagine he might be pretty hands on as well as being the DC uh, to help with that position. Uh, but also Joe Witt who interviewed for the D.C. job, Mm -hmm. is also expected to come aboard uh, in in an untitled role, probably to help in the secondary, obviously. I think
1: that's interesting because we talked about Joe Witt last week as one of the names that was potentially going to be the coordinator. (laughs) And you you not only get Dan Quinn, but you get Joe Witt to come along as well. I think that's kind of a win-win for Coach McCarthy, don't you think, Kachma?
4: No, I do. I mean, he's bringing over a lot of his guys, and you – Kind of expected, and, and the rumors were that Witt and Quinn are kind of conjoined at the hip as far as the hire. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that these guys are coming on, if, whether it be in you know coordinators or you know passing game coordinators, all of those things that the guys are positions that guys are getting. But it's important that these guys f- figure out a way to get this defense <laughs> playing again. Defensive line coach uh, from NFL Europe he has his work cut out for him because they're changing schemes and he's he's going to have a bunch of guys uh, that he's going to have to coach up. And like you said, uh, Rob, Quinn is probably, because of his roots as a defensive line coach, going to be really hands-on there. So interesting hire. Can't wait uh, to talk to him.
1: Yeah, this is going to be fun to, to talk about over the next couple of weeks. Now, we're going to go ahead and step aside for our second break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about what the Cowboys could potentially learn from the four teams that are still left in the NFL playoffs. I think there's a ton of lessons to be learned from each one of those four organizations. We're going to see how the Cowboys can take some things from that. When we come back on the other side of the break, you're listening to Talking Cowboys presented by GEICO. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen.
3: Dr.
0: Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo, that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of
1: ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda.
0: A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes. Which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Barrelux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor.
3: The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where Turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way.
1: Back here for our final segment of Talking Cowboys here on this Wednesday morning, and whether you're listening to Talking Cowboys or you're working out with Bose Quiet Comfort earbuds, you can experience audio at a whole new level with Bose Quiet Comfort earbuds, the official earbuds of the Dallas Cowboys. And hey, he's got them turned on this time. Thank goodness! Heck, my Harrison's got those things turned on. Oh, I the do. Second, second I one. do. Oh, Rob Phillips, we've got Isaiah Stanback. I'm Kyle. Gomes, 16 in the back. <laughs> Final couple minutes here of talking cowboys. Got about a fifteen minutes. Wait, wait, we gotta hear Heck say it. What's it like, Heck? Come on, Heck. What what does it sound like, Heck? It's like a symphony in my head. (laughs) (laughs) I had to clear my throat first, dog. Yeah, you had to
4: get it all ready to go.
1: I like it. So good. Four teams left in the NFL playoffs. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs, to no surprise. We've got the Buffalo Bills. Those are That's your AFC championship game. In the NFC championship game, it's still 2014, apparently, because it's the Packers, led by Aaron Rodgers, and it's Tom Brady. Uh, now, not with the Patriots and not in the AFC, but he's in the NFC with the Tampa Bay wow. Buccaneers. And yeah. what a surprise that has been. And really kudos to everybody around that that organization of putting a good roster together and allowing Tom Brady to be successful. The former teammate of Isaiah Stanback. That's probably going to be on his, his Hall of Fame bust, I, I think, Isaiah. <laughs> You're <Yeah>, right. <laughs> former teammate of Isaiah Stanback. Definitely that, didn't I make that guess. list. Definitely didn't make that list. <laughs> Uh now whenever it comes to these four teams I mean it's it's really four different blueprints on how to to win and how to get to where they are at this very moment now I think probably the most similar blueprints are most likely the NFC or excuse me the AFC championship game with Buffalo and with Kansas City, they were built similarly, but just at different time periods. But whenever you look at these four teams, ECMA, what is something that the Cowboys can take from them and how to learn how to get back to an NFC and a conference championship game?
4: Well, I mean, man, this whole playoff series to me it has been separating the guys with pea shooter arms from the guys that have bazooka arms and the, <laughs> the final four. Is all bazookas and if you want to have any success in the NFL in this NFL with you know spread out and his past all these passing yards that they're putting up you're gonna to have to have a guy with the arm that can facilitate uh, all of that and you see that with these top four teams and just the numbers that they have put up this year I mean it, going back to the the matchup with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers boy that is a showcase of two of the mostly elite quarterbacks to do it and that's what I'm really excited uh, about, but Josh Allen is doing a phenomenal job in Buffalo. And they won that game against Baltimore, and it was just a hard game to watch, especially with Lamar Jackson not being able to stretch the field. And that's something that the young quarterback, and I'm pulling for him, but it doesn't matter. He, he can have the MVPs, all of those things, man, but if you cannot stretch the field, teams are just going to load up on you, especially in a, uh, a, on a winner-take-all kind of a situation. But talking about the, the Kansas City Chiefs. And I, I, I think it was their defense that really impressed me. And just the Honey Badger and his ability Ooh. to yep. turn that run back in, right? And it just shows you what you can do when you have a safety that can play like that at the line of scrimmage. And it was just masterful what Spagnola did. And that those last couple of defensive play callings. Play calls was just a Picasso, man. They did a really good job, and so mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that game as well. So the, the Cowboys could learn uh, by getting their A one quarterback and also getting a safety that can turn the run <laughs> back in.
3: <laughs> Rob, yeah, I, I'm totally with you. Heck, I, I marked down defense and get yourself a franchise quarterback, and that's why the Cowboys <laughs> yeah. are trying are trying to re-sign Dak Prescott long term because. That's what it takes. I went back and I looked at like the last 10 seasons, okay? The final four in, in the championship game. So that's 40 slots, according to my math, my terrible math. And 25 of those spots over the last 10 years have gone to just a handful of quarterbacks. It's Mahomes, it's Brady, it's Russ, it's Ben wow. Roethlisberger, it's Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Eli Manning, and I threw Matt Ryan in there too, who's been, been an MVP and been to a Super Bowl. Yeah. And mixed in there, those other 15 spots, you you might have guys that sneak in a Foles or a Kirk Cousins or, you know, Tannehill last year. But like, that's rare. Garoppolo. It's not. If you want to get there year in, year out. You better have a really good quarterback. And and for those that say, oh, draft one in the top five. Look at the NFC East. Look at Daniel Jones. The jury's still out on Daniel Jones. Uh, It's Carson Wentz. Mitch Trubisky, who lost in the in the first round this year, all really high draft picks. There is no guarantee. There's just no guarantee that it's going to work out for you. So if you think you've got a really good one, who's going to be potentially a great one, uh, keep him, <laughs> keep yep. him around. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, handcuff him. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> Isaiah. Uh, two things stick out to me. Uh, I think I think about the character of the coaches. Mm-hmm. I think about the character of the coaches and and how. Um, the effect that they have not only on their team and their players, um, but also um the, the second one is culture, right? And I, I I use that word a lot, but it's important. It's important. I mean, you guys think about Green Bay. Green Bay used their first round pick on another quarterback. They they they'd use it on his freaking replacement.
3: Mm-hmm. They
2: didn't give him any additional help in that regard, and look where they're still at. That's you're right. That's amazing.
3: Right?
2: Yeah. yeah. Look where they're still at, right? So they could have easily gave him another, uh, you know, a CD lamb or something like that, right, to, to yeah. help him out. But they didn't. They didn't because they know that at the root, they're still good. They know that at the root, they have a great coach. They know that at the root, they have a great uh, quarterback who is going to lead this team. And the culture of their team is to go out there and take young players and veteran players, put them on the field together, and everybody's going to do their job effectively to put them in a position to go after the Super Bowl every year, right? You go to Kansas City, Andy Reid. Andy Reid is Andy Reid, right? He is who he is. He's gonna, you go, If you're going to play for Andy Reid, guess what? You're going to be tough. Right. You're going to be you're going to be energetic. You're going to be a team player. Nobody cares about your personal accolades. We all care about what we can do for the team. What's your contribution to this team? That's his culture out there. You go to Buffalo. Right. Go out there. Buffalo. New coach. Right. (laughs) New coach out there in Buffalo. Right. He's out there making things happen. Making things happen, and you know they're they're building their culture out there. You can tell it's tough, it's gritty, it's grinding out, right? When people come through us, they're gonna they're gonna feel it, no matter what happens, right? Young quarterback that's growing and developing, right? And then and then obviously then you look at Tampa Bay. Well, we know what that's about. Bruce Arians is no nonsense, right? Straight no chaser, and this is what you get. We are a tough team. They have a solid defense that doesn't get get enough credit. They're about to get tougher with my with my boy from Vita Vea coming back, you yep. dub, coming on the D line. So, their their defense is tough and then what they go out there and get the goat at quarterback who everybody wants to play with. Why? Because of the culture that he establishes on that side of the ball. They know, these teams know who they are. They have identities. They're not soul searching trying to figure out who they are. That's what this, that's what the Cowboys need to pay attention to and try to uh try to pick up from these playoffs.
1: Well, how far are they from that? Because I feel like it's light years. I mean, at least after this season, right? I mean, Mike McCarthy can get to that point. We've seen that already. He can get to the point as a head coach to where he has that kind of control and that kind of swagger, I guess, underneath him. And you have a franchise quarterback in Dak Prescott that you have to lock up contract wise. But surely that's something that's a priority for this Cowboys team this offseason. But Outside of that, there really hasn't been that identity. There hasn't been that swagger. There hasn't been the the kind of mindset that, hey, everyone's going to do their jobs. It's more of a I, 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 this is going to be a, a, a harsh word, but it's coddling. It, it's what it feels like. It feels like yeah. you coddle a lot of these players <laughs> until they finally show something. A, yeah, Look at Donovan Wilson. Look at Donovan Wilson specifically. I mean, this I is learned, that, I learned that word last year. I know so you so did. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. love that word. But you, you coddled Donovan Wilson for a year and a half, and then all of a sudden he's the best player on your defense the final six games of the year. That's, uh, that's all I'm saying. I mean, that's one example. There are plenty of those. But, Isaiah, how do you get past? that point to where it's now it's 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 expected to come in and do your job whether you're a yeah and you're Trayvon Diggs you're, it's not expected yet here but how do you get
2: to that I you know what I wish we had a look behind the veil in terms of uh, had a little bit closer <laughs> look to their to their what their coaching staff does and practice yeah. and all those things this year obviously COVID threw a curveball on that however um I from what we can see from what we can see I believe that Coach McCarthy was a little bit too complacent. He did not establish uh, establish his his will, establish his culture here. I think he needs to be a lot more hands on. Does that mean him calling plays? I don't know. Right? Maybe he'll get the opportunity because he might not have offensive coordinator here. Uh, but I, I think that he needs to enforce his will more because those teams that we talked about, those coaches just aren't in the background you know they they're not just in the background you know they do their job Bruce Arians does his job right he doesn't have to say he well he some he does speak up a little bit too much sometimes <laughs> but but that but you you feel that you feel that 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 energy that he puts off right that that vibe that grittiness you feel that with his team did you guys see his center his center's a jerk i love it yeah. right and i feel like that's him reincarnated on the field right and then you look at you look at buffalo their coach he's the gritty Gritty, right? Andy Reid, guess what? He is calling those plays. No question about it, right? And you got uh, Green Bay, Lafleur or whatever his name is. I don't know what I said. He's out there calling plays, too. So, guess what? All those coaches have a a direct impact on the results of what happens on the field. And I think that McCarthy came in and tried to give his coaches too much power. And I think he needs to really step into a lot more prominent role this year.
3: Hmm. Rob? no that's 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 interesting and i agree with you you know and and i think you know covid was weird in terms of trying to i don't know establish culture because you got to stay apart you got to do all these things with a mask and all that i think i do do think it was a weird year to try to do that but i i agree i i think you've got to put your stamp on what you want to do and and defensively they've got to do that too they got to they got to kind of start over and figure out how they want to approach that so um The other thing I would add to piggyback on what Heck said, I'm just looking at these scores in in the divisional round, and (laughs) this season was all about offense, right? Well, defense still matters a little bit. The teams that lost over the weekend, Baltimore had three points, Cleveland had 48 in the first round, 17 against Kansas City, Tampa Bay beat New Orleans, had 20, and the Rams had 18. So... Yeah, you know, the Cowboys get healthy, they can put up a lot of points, but if they don't get their defense fixed, Mm -hmm. they can make the playoffs, but to, to keep playing into late January, your defense still matters. Yep. Yeah, you could talk about coddling these guys,
4: swaddling these guys, whatever you want to, but they're just the signs of why this season was a failure, uh, statistically and just every in every way. Uh, you look at the injuries on our offensive line. There aren't any other teams that had was decimated the way that our team was, and with you know ret- ret- retiring players, both of your tackles going down, losing your All-Pro right guard, all of those things that happen and oh yeah, losing your star quarterback. And so I think we live in a world where we think that we could just plug and play guys and still yeah. get the the same results and that's not that way. I think you know the Cowboys defense if Dan Quinn could come in and do his job and these guys can get some stops, you are in games. Uh, that you could have won or if you were able to get uh, some some type of turnover or a stop, that was the problem. Even when we turned the ball over, teams were getting points off of our t- turnovers, and that's not a guaranteed thing. It's just because our defense couldn't stop anyone. And once Dak went out and we had our offensive problems and Ben DiNucci was doing the Uncle Rico and all of that, man, we had, <laughs> that. it was just going to be what it was going to be, and so we shouldn't be surprised that we're here. But just going on the positive note, building this defense, getting the confidence Of plays in the culture that Isaiah keeps going back to, I think it's important. And what is that culture? Uh, Dog culture, goon culture, guys that's going to come in and play football the way that it's supposed to be played. Not a whole bunch of guys that want to be soft body. You know, that's just not what we're going to do. And so if you want to get to that championship level, if you're looking at the teams that are up there and you want to emulate and mimic what they do, look at the personnel that they play with.
2: (laughs) Hey, it's not Friday, but I feel you, heck. Say it with your chest. <laughs> say it with your chest. Man. Boy, see them
1: goons, huh? Uh, it's the Get offseason. Goons, season. We could we still say it with our chest this season. I love it. I miss it. you guys, uh, man. You know, and, and Heckma, you made a great point in the fact that excuses are – I mean, injuries aren't excuses to a certain extent. I mean, but with the extent of what happened with the Cowboys this season, look at what happened in the, the AFC divisional round with Kansas City. You lose your guy. I mean, we, we would all agree that Kansas City is built – maybe three times better than the Dallas Cowboys on both sides of the football, yes. even if you take Patrick Mahomes out of the equation. And that's what, exactly what happened. They took Patrick Mahomes out of the equation, and all of a sudden Cleveland goes on a run, and if they had one more possession, probably would have won that game, ultimately. They yes. would have had – they just ran out of time. defense, yeah. Exactly. They ran out of time. Cleveland still would have won that game solely based on the fact that Patrick Mahomes was taken out of the equation, even though Cleveland was not nearly as good of a team as Kansas City. But that just shows the importance of having that leader, of having that franchise quarterback and having somebody that you can rely on. And of course, the Cowboys didn't have that for the final 12 weeks of the season because of what happened to yeah. Dak Prescott. So that's gonna happen. That's always gonna change the the, the outlook of your, your football program and your football team. But I mean, at the same time, you can't make those excuses every year. If the same thing happens in 2021, you have to be able to combat that, right? <laughs> if
4: you lose your left tackle, your right tackle, your quarterback, <laughs> you you're in be trouble every year, Kyle. You've gotta be better prepared. <laughs> <laughs> like right now, Kansas City is not prepared to go into the Yeah, AFC I Champions was thinking that too. This <laughs> is yeah. gonna happen. So you got people wanting to move the AFC championship game the next Wednesday to give him a chance to play. So <laughs> I mean the personnel is important and when you have those guys mm-hmm. that get it done for you and have the entire season, we cannot underscore their importance to your squad. It's just it is what it is, man.
1: Yep, I mean and it's something that the Cowboys are going to have to figure out this offseason. It's something that that they've got to get done. I think Dak Prescott and when next week when uh we're back on Monday at 11:30 Central Time, we're going to talk about Dak Prescott. What is the timeline for Dak and and how Worried, and, and when should you be be worried this offseason? How does this negotiation go and some mm. of the important dates along for the, the offseason program for this Dallas Cowboys team? But that's going to do it for us here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. For Chris Bean, back at the star. For Isaiah Stanback, for Rob Phillips, and oh, for Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle. There it things. it so is! I'm long. in, I'm in, I'm in. Oh we're, oh, we're all doing it this time. That's it for us here on Talking <laughs> Cowboys. We'll see you on Monday. <laughs> I like, you said get your roll on, Kyle. <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
0: How about you, Cowboys? Yeah!